0: Kindness Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley
1: Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushell. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul
0: hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. Welcome to another episode of the Kindness Can podcast. Today, we have a very special friend of ours, a psychologist and smash hit author of the parenting book Bounce, the one and only Naomi Holt. Hello, my friend.
1: Oh, hello, hello. It is so exciting to be with two of my favorite human beings in the world. The energy in this place is already just woohoo, <laughs> sunshine and everything good. Wonderful. So, yeah. yeah, it's so lovely to see your face. Yeah, so
0: let's get straight into it. You released your first book last year, Bounce, and it's just, I was just saying to Naomi now, it is just so incredible. Non-judgmental, mm. practical, safe and affirming. Well done. Tell us about Bounce.
1: Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Bounce has been a journey of many years in the making. I think I started putting all my thoughts together on this about a decade ago and then started putting them onto paper about a year ago. So it's been, yeah, and it's just on a subject that I think is so important in the world that we're living in at the Mm. moment because our kids are really being knocked hard. Mm. So the aim of Bounce is is to equip parents. You know, I think so often we think, oh, what kind of programs do we implement? What do we do to kind of what do we teach our kids? And actually, it's about the things that we can do, which is meant to be empowering, Mm. not, oh, my word, it's all on me. How awesome that we can do so much.
2: What I love is you know how people always say that parenting doesn't come with a handbook. <laughs> now it
1: does. Oh, that's like the best review ever. <laughs> no, for sure. So
2: let's talk about resilience.
1: I mean, what is resilience? So I, I always like to put a visual to it and think about Tigger. You know, if you, <laughs> we all love Pooh Bear, well, most of us, I think. Just that ability to bounce back. He's always boinging all over the place, all like an elastic band. So life is going to hit or throw lemons. So it's the difference between being able to get back up and get back into action and keep going or staying down on the ground. Mm. And we see both happening. Mm. But what we as parents all want for our kids, we know that they're going to get knocked down. We all have. But the difference with a resilient child is they can get back up again.
0: Well, it's one of my favorite parts of the book, and there are so many favorite parts where you talk about that. The fact that the point of parenting or one of the aims of parenting is not to shelter your kids Mm. from life, but to equip them that when life does throw them lemons, that they have the tools to be able to do that. And I think you know, we talk about tools all the time, and I hope we can get really practical in this conversation mm-hmm. today. So maybe you wanna start off by yeah, introducing, how do we start that as a parent? If we wanting to kind of instill resilience in our kids, where do we begin?
1: Sure. And in the book, as you guys know, there's 20 attributes. So we got to let's see how many of those practical tools we can kind of get in here. But you say, where do we begin? And I think the thing that we often make the mistake of in parenting is we believe that parenting begins with our kids. The hardest part about parenting is actually parenting begins with us and the work we do in ourselves. And when it comes to just like every other part of parenting, when it comes to raising resilient kids, we have to look at our own resilience. And that means a lot of deep digging. Mm-hmm. And the analogy I heard someone use this, this last week was actually it's going into that cave and it's lifting up those rocks that sometimes we don't want to. Mm-hmm. But And I talk about the parenting mirror, looking in that parenting mirror and seeing what, I'm, what is going on within me that is reflecting on my kids. Mm-hmm. And that makes all the difference. So the question, I mean… Often parents will come into my therapy room and say, Naomi, I want a self-confident child. I want to, you've got to work on the anger. You've got to work on this, that, the next thing. My question is always, how is that within you? Mm. That's where we've got to start. Yeah,
2: I mean, look, it's only February and they look <laughs> like there are a lot of shell-shocked parents kind of crawling around at the moment. And it's a a lot of responsibility being the role model all the time, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But, you know, Paul and I and the work that we do in Kindness Can always remind ourselves that even when we fall down, those are such beautiful Mm -hmm. lessons to show our children that we, too, are human. Because I think any parent that's trying to navigate this by trying to do it the right way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's no such thing, right? No, there's not. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because that is a huge, huge part of building resilience in our kids mm-hmm. is showing them how we get up when we've been knocked down again. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is owning our humanness. Yeah. I think if we look at resilience, and I actually get goosebumps talking about this because it's just become so much more apparent how important this particular aspect is. We've got to show our kids that we stuff up too. Mm-hmm. We've got to own those stuff up both the ones we make with other people and with them because when children grow up in homes and too many kids do where adults don't want to show their imperfections Kids kind of grow up believing, well, that means that I can't show my imperfections and my humanness. But making mistakes and failing is not only the best part of growing, it's a part of who we are. And when my kids stuff up in life one day, I don't want them to seek help out there and feel so isolated and alone Mm. because there's no one there for them. I want them to come to me because they know, wow, mom's stuffed up so many times in this home. We make mistakes. Because otherwise, what happens is when they make mistakes in their adult life, they are cloaked with shame. Mm. And if you look at the research, like just on on shame as an emotion, it is something that excludes, it divides us from everyone else. It keeps us silent. And therefore, you often see the spiral of depression. It keeps me feeling so alone. But as human beings, we are wired for togetherness Mm. and for belonging. And the opposite of shame is belonging. Yeah. I just get it gets me so excited.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, you're starting to tap into words that come up a lot in your book, which is connection and belonging, and I just love that. How important it is for parents to create an environment of unconditional love.
1: Totally. And I think that word, we all, I mean, how many of us are going, yeah, yeah, unconditional love. But if we really think about what that means, how often when our kids say something, do something, come to us, it could even just be like a a nonverbal or shoulder shrug or we show our disappointment or Mm -hmm. disapproval. But that is communicating that your, how you do or who you are is, my love is conditional based on that. So we got to be so aware of that. Like, do we show our kids how much we love them, no matter how they're being, how feral they're being, how they're doing things? So that, that word, we really got to kind of unpack that word for ourselves. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because that was
2: what I was going to say. We talk about the, the shame of a child. We don't want our child to be... Cloaked in shame, but how many parents, at the end of a of a, of a day, get into bed feeling either guilty or shameful for the yeah. way they behaved? So for me, what's been really helpful practically, I'll give you an example. I had a really proud parenting moment a few mornings ago. So I broke my toe at the beginning of the year, and I was ratty in the morning, and I was getting the kids in the car, and I had to drive. and Shame, my sweet dear husband was talking to me outside the window, and I snapped at him, and I was really, I was very, really, very, very kind. And we drove off and I could feel that shame coming mm-hmm. of like, oh, my gosh, that was so not cool. So what did I do? I needed to turn it around. Mm. So I phoned him on the Bluetooth and it started to ring. And they're like, why? Who are you phoning? I said, I've got to phone dad. And he answered the phone. And I get goosebumps. Aww. And I said, hello, my love. And he said, is everything OK? Have you left something at home? I said, I'm so sorry for the way I spoke to you. And in that moment, I could feel uh-huh. that whole car going. Whew. Yeah. Because it's OK. Yeah. You know, one swallow doesn't make up a summer uh, But in that moment, I gave them access to seeing that I dropped the ball yeah. But it doesn't mean that I'm a terrible mother It means in mm. that moment, I dropped the ball And we can move through it And before we knew it, everyone was choosing a song in the car And mm. off we went to school
1: I love that, because you do And that's what we've got to do And we've got to show our kids how to do that And that that's what, how we navigate when things like that happen yeah. But in that moment, you showed them That there are going to be things in their lives That they do, that they regret Or that make them feel shameful but that you can make it better. Mm. And that by talking about it to anyone that we trust in that safe space, that shame lifts Mm. and you can go on to play your happy songs.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So again, in the book, there's a beautiful list, which I love, gives me great soothing and solace of being a resilient parent, like Mm. how that can look. Because here we are talking about raising resilient kids. But as you said, we've got to go back. Like how Mm. do I become more resilient in this relationship? Yeah. And it's a relationship, man, and it's ups and it's downs. <laughs> it
1: is, but that's what I always – and for me, you know, we talk about getting into bed at night and, like, feeling the guilt and whatever. But there's so much freedom in that human part of it and that my kids' understanding and our kids' understanding, we're just human beings. We don't have to be perfect. Our kids don't want perfect parents because we know there's a reason – I always use this analogy – there's a reason we're not married to robots, like we're married to other – Fallible mm. human beings, because we connect in vulnerability, mm-hmm. and how awesome for our kids to experience that, and parenting is I think a messy dance like there're going to be days we are whirling around the kitchen, everyone 's in sync, having a happy vibe yeah doll, and then there're going to be other days where we 're tripping over one another and we 're getting irritated with one another that 's all okay at the end of the day, you just connected human beings mm. who we want our kids, and this is the other big word for me, that's safety. I want my kids to feel safe enough to be able to be vulnerable. And on that safety, I think what one of the most, I often just get a little smile to myself, but my kids will tune me. My daughter will say to me, Mom, put your phone down. It's family time. I love that she can do that without the fear mm. of me tearing her head off. Mm. That for me means awesome. Yes, we're a family. We do this stuff together. Mm.
0: So you know, another big word that comes out in the book quite a lot is the value of boundaries. So what your daughter is so wonderfully doing here is calling you out yes. on the boundaries that we have in our home based on our values. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. How do we choose those boundaries? How do we maintain those boundaries? Because it's, it's such yeah. a big part of feeling safe, right?
1: Absolutely. And boundaries are very, very important. We know that as partisans. I always use the analogy of, especially in South Africa, we totally get this. Like we have boundaries around our properties because if we didn't, we wouldn't feel safe. It's exactly the same in a parent child. Any relationship actually needs boundaries. But instead of hard and fast rules, because rules are going to change, I don't think those are valuable. And that's just me and what works in my household. I like to go back to values because values will never, ever change. Mm -hmm. And in our house, the value, the primary value is kindness so is that kind was it kind was it necessary was it true Mm. because that's what and if it wasn't we talk about it Mm. we talk about how to redo that other ways and because it's a relationship even things like you know parents want to know okay if my child does this what do I do about it that actually takes me to a a different so in the relationship we would talk about it we would go back to boundaries there's no need for a this is what we do Yeah, so in my relationship with my kids, I don't have like a, you did this, so X is the consequence. Because if we look at a child's behavior, and this is where it's also important to understand, a child's behavior is either completely developmentally appropriate. You see, we as adults just sometimes our expectations are totally off. Or they're reflecting our emotional space, parenting mirror back again. Mm -hmm. Or they are communicating an emotional message and there's a need. So when we reframe behavior like that... It's actually not necessary to look at behavior consequence, behavior consequence.
2: You know, we're talking about boundaries within the home, and that for me is something I can control, right? Mm -hmm. But now let's talk about those relationships that leave the house. So vulnerable share. One of my kids is having quite a hard time at school at the moment socially, It started at the end of last year. It was quite messy, and it unfortunately seems to be seeping back into that old programming again. And as a parent, when I first was kind of subjected to my child coming home and being really, really sad – I wanted to rip into people. That was my first, like, oh, my gosh, like, here I go. I mean, get goosebumps thinking about it because you never want to see a mother whose child is being messed with, right?
1: <laughs> totally with you on yeah. that. <laughs> Tigress. Yeah, so I first wanted
2: to go for the school. Then I wanted to go for the parents. Then I wanted to go for the kid. I mean, hello. <laughs>
1: totally normal. So totally was, normal. But totally
2: not cool like a 44-year-old woman on the playground <laughs> looking for somebody by the like- name of X. So then it was kind of like I need to empower this child. From the ground up from home. But it's hard thinking about that situation playing out mm-hmm. at school and knowing that there are tips and tools of resilience that have been shared. Mm-hmm. But it's quite a scary feeling as a mom. And I think there's a lot of work to be done in the space of support, mm-hmm. because either if your child is a bully or being bullied, it leaves you
1: feeling quite helpless. Absolutely. And I think both bullied and bully they're both victims Mm. they're both disempowered Mm. so it's really about looking bottom up how do we empower our kids and something like bullying we have seen increase so much over the past Mm. few years and i believe it's because society in general especially our kids and teens have been left feeling more and more disempowered Mm. for many reasons but absolutely normal to be that crazy tigress mom. Because when something like that happens, what we've also got to remember, when our kids go through stuff, it's like our own stuff on steroids. 100%. We are triggered. Our unresolved I got, process. I got taken back to the bully uh-huh. at school when I was at school, 19 foot sack. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. And that's, again, why we've got to work on our stuff. Because otherwise, those lenses through, with which we see whatever our child's going through, it's actually not what they're going through necessarily. Or it's contaminated because it's our stuff as well. So this parenting thing, it's all work So the first step would be
0: dropping an anchor, right? Slowing the moment down, right? And you talk about that in the book as well. Like really being mindful yeah. and conscious of what is happening in this moment, being the adult in the room, slowing it down and separating it out, I imagine. Separating what is my stuff, what is their stuff, what is an initial reaction, which is a normal feeling to have. I am the protector parent here, right? That's a very normal uh-huh. feeling to be angry and upset Um. about this. But in slowing it down, I suppose we get to role model that that's a good thing for our kids to do Mm -hmm. when hard things happen. Uh, But it gives us access to thinking about what are my options, Mm -hmm. what are my choices here, and how do I turn this into something which is teachable and learnable for Mm -hmm. my kid, right, but also could have more beneficial outcomes. And I don't know what you think when I say something like, yeah, so many things on the parenting journey can sometimes be quite counterintuitive. Like they kind of go against an instinct almost. Mm. I don't know what you think when I say that.
1: No, I, absolutely. But I think we've also got to be compassionate with that tigress that comes out because our first instinct as moms, as parents, is to dive right in there and protect our kids. So we've mm. got to actually, yes, we might have to tame that part of it, but we also have to embrace it mm. because that's why it's in us. Yeah. And I mean, any mother would do anything in any parent would do anything Mm. to to protect their kids but i think it's a reflection of
0: something beautiful
1: uh, absolutely that's what it's 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 dna we are hardwired to do that but i think for me what is so beautiful and it goes back to anything difficult that our kids are going to go through we want to constantly make sure that the number one thing we're focusing on is the strength of the connection because we want them to come to us we want to always be their lighthouse, their safe place, so that no matter what goes down in life, whether it's bullying, whatever's going happening at school, at varsity, in their adult lives, they will come home and know that we are that safe space. That is not going to, ah. Oh, here we go, here's another thing, not going to try and fix Because most issues actually can't be fixed. And as human beings, we want understanding and safe places more than we want fixing. Mm -hmm. When we know that we are not alone. And if I have a parent who isn't going to try to fix, who isn't going to judge, Mm -hmm. well, then I know I'm not alone. And I can actually in that safe space kind of find my own way. With something like bullying, yes, you want to give them tips and tools and something that is not a way out, but that I talk to my kids often about. And it's helped them so much in terms of maybe just being less, slightly less impacted on is understanding that And we talk about this all the time. How people treat us is it's a sign of their emotional space. It's not personal. Mm. And yes, it hurts like hell. But it's not personal It's coming from a place of brokenness And almost when we have that discussion And I have a little drawing that I do And we talk about something I call the shaggy dog syndrome You know how when dogs come The dogs will always go They love their mud, their water, what have you And then they come and stay, They don't go like over there under the tree And shake themselves off No, 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 no They come and stand right next to you <laughs> And they shake it off And what happens? That stuff, all the mud It like covers us So it's the same as when someone is, has got their own stuff They're going to want to get rid of it And they're gonna shake it. But it's up to us if we choose to absorb that and make it ours, or if we can understand where it comes from. And when we can understand it comes from that place of brokenness, it had nothing to do with me. It kind of enables us to put a boundary up. And we help them strengthen that boundary. And a part of that is working on self esteem, confidence. But through everything I speak about in the book, I mean, when we are parenting to raise resilient children, a part of that is raising confident kids, raising kids with strong self-esteem mm-hmm. who are going to get knocked down with incidences like you've described. Mm. It's interesting, again, because the counterintuitive thing is I want to make a solution right here, right now.
2: Yeah. I need to put a, a stop to this right here, right now. And yeah. it's, that's not the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was telling Paulie on the way in today, one of my other kids who had decided he wanted to go for a sleepover tonight – But then decided last night, actually, he wouldn't want to go for the night. He would want to go for the day. And could I fetch him in the afternoon? Ordinarily, of course, I would have said yes. But however, I'm fetching the twins two hours earlier in the same area and then coming down Fields Hill. So I said, no. What other options are there? Usually, I would spring into, yeah, I'm not sure. This is what I'm doing. And this is how we can. I was like, no, I can't. But what Mm. what do you think? What are the options? And he was like, what time does dad land from Joburg today? I said, I'm not sure. Said, should I phone him? Yeah, phone him. He dialed, he phoned, and I sat there. Hi, Dad. What time are you getting back from Joburg? Three o'clock. Cool. Could you fetch me at about seven o'clock from so and so's house? Sure, my boy. So there you go. I love that. Usually, I would spoon feed (laughs) the process. Also, when you've got three kids or more than one child, it's so much easier to get it done. And I've had to learn that getting Mm -hmm. it done is easy for me, but is it easy for them? Because I don't want to raise children that need me to be the cog in order to
1: move. And so important because we, we want to know that when they get knocked down in those knocks in life, they can actually they have it in them to get back up again. And what you were doing there is you really were teaching problem-solving skills. Yeah. And that's what they need when we're all stuck something. If there is a solution, well, it's no longer a problem. I can get my way out of here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And again, so counterintuitive in many moments yeah. Where mm. you it's just easier to do it for Or put your kid on your back And steamroll through life Okay, <laughs> You refer to steamrolling parents in the book as well Where sometimes, as hard as it is You kind of got to let them be in a muddle And let mm-hmm. them struggle a little And work their way through it But that's sometimes hard I can't remember if it was one of your posts Because I just absolutely love your posts If you're not following Naomi on the socials get there now Naomi a Holt, psychologist but it was a wonderful story about being conscious of your reactions when you see your children through the course of the day or the week and it's quite tempting on the parenting journey especially when it's busy and there's a lot going on when you see your kids to be like have you done this or why haven't you done this have you brushed your teeth I'm so bad at that guys
2: okay. <laughs> oh, I'm so guilty of that oh.
0: right it's hard I know because you're just wanting to get yeah. through the day, and you've got three kids, right? There's a lot of things that need to happen in our day, but being conscious of every time my kids see me, the first thing they see, that look on my face of like, have you done something? (laughs) Uh, As opposed to just every now and then being conscious of when they come around the corner, even though you know you've got to ask the Uh question, have a smile on your face or say something affirming, right? And I'm not adding to all those millions of patterns that you have to say to be a good parent because in the moment, who can remember all these things to do? But I suppose just being conscious of my primary job here yeah. is to try to show love, and love is not always saying yes, and love is not yeah. always doing everything you want, but just trying to be conscious of that is my biggest job, right?
1: Absolutely. And I love that you brought that up because too often we do feel as parents, we're just issuing directives mm. to survive our day from mm-hmm. six o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock at night. And then we like it. Mm. But in the process, we're there, we have missed out on so many opportunities for connection. You know, on that something happened at, at yesterday and it often happens in my home and I have to keep them. And I think the older our kids get, even the more important when our kids come to us and ask us to do something, no matter what we're busy with, if there is any way we can pause what we're doing. And do it with them to do that because I think especially our tweens and our teens they're obviously becoming more and more independent. So when they ask for connection, heck, you drop what you're doing if you can. So I was busy doing emails yesterday afternoon, and my son came to me and said, "Can you please play cricket with me?" I was like, "Oh, I know that feeling." Yes, close the love laptop, to play cricket with you. And I, <laughs> <laughs> but I went outside, and he wanted to put on his playlist, and we jolted and we danced on the driveway, and we played cricket, and I was like, "This is what it is about. This is speaking to him." that he matters to me, that I closed that laptop, that I made eye contact. And yes, through like this a <gasps> still got to get back to these later. But I said, yes, because as I said, if, as they get older, they're, they're going to ask for those opportunities less and less, especially if they realize we're going to keep saying no, because mm-hmm. there's always a more important chore mm-hmm. that we have to be doing.
0: And as they get older, it doesn't become, even though they're asking less, it doesn't mean that it's less important for them, right? And that's Absolutely. For, as for teens, you'll be quite conscious of that.
1: Totally, because we think teens Actually, that, that, yes, their role is to become independent of us. But I almost think they need us more sometimes than our littlies, because the world is hard out there and they're having to navigate it on their own, figuring out who they are and going their own way. They need to know their safe space, even when they're pushing us away and giving us all the attitude in the world, that their safe space is still right there, isn't going to abandon them and like mm. think that they don't need us.
2: I have a laugh because… Last weekend, it was so hot, and my beautiful Rejoice collection, my pre-loved fashion studio, flooded twice during the last rain. And I actually didn't have capacity, so I just shut the door. And we decided on Saturday we were going to deal with it. And my son uh, came up in the morning and said, Please, I need um, like a, what's it, that electric screwdriver thing, because he wants to make a weapon. And we're like, Yeah, we'll get to it. And then he came back in the afternoon and he said, you know, here, I, I need the screwdriver. But here we are hauling <laughs> with the moon boot on like <laughs> rails of clothing. And like like we are up to our eyeballs of like just trying to get this done. And he came back a third time and he said, Dad, I need I need the drill. And Mikey uh-huh. said, yeah, I'll get to it. And he walked out and I said to Mikey, you've got to do it now. Yeah. You've got to do it now. And yeah. he, so he climbed off the ladder, okay, <laughs> while stringing pieces of fabric on the rafters he, in the heat. And he went, I got to see the Rrr! <laughs> and he came My son came around the corner With this broomstick That had a flamingo's head Mounted on the side With, with like oh. screws He said Look what I've made with dad oh. Look what I've made with dad And it took 15 minutes oh. Of us saying Okay We are so focused on this uh-huh. I get it We've got to get this done Before
1: nightfall But yeah. then The difference it made In that boy And in the relationship. And that's what he'll remember. He's going to remember the time dad came down from the rafters and spent the 15 minutes. That's what he will remember. And and the thing is what we need to – is if he hadn't, your boy would have gone to bed feeling like that mom's collection is more important than than me. me. Unseen. And that's what we do, whether it's emails or messages or social media. That's the message they take. It's not what we mean. Heck no. We like just listen. This has to be a priority. And sometimes – Other things do have to be a priority. But we never want our kids to leave our presence or to go to bed that night feeling like something else is more important Mm. in mom and
2: dad's life than me. It's so hard
1: not to feel so stretched, though.
2: You mm-hmm. know, in those moments where you have been stretched like a piece of prestick in a hot case in climate. You know what I mean? You're, yes. just, like, you're, you're just being extrapolated to the bare bones. Uh, and then they ask that like, one question too many. Like, can I? You just want to like be like, listen here, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm at you too. <laughs> you know
2: what I mean? Like It's hard to keep a lid on things when you're always mm. Dancing. It is. Dancing, dancing, dancing. And you know what? Sometimes that lid is
1: going to blow right
2: off. I call it the going boom. (laughs) I can feel it coming like a hot wave. I say, I'm going to go boom. I need space. I'm going to go boom. And that's really helped us, to be honest, because it happens very rarely that I go boom. Mm -hmm. But there are those moments where I get pushed to absolute breaking
1: points and I can feel it coming and I'm like I'm going to go boom and everyone's just like whoa so, the <laughs> she's going to go boom and you know what when you do go boom because we all do at times as parents then what is important and actually so amazing for relationships is that repair is going to them and going you know what like I stuffed up I'm so sorry and what I actually I talk about that in my book my kids have never gone that's it mom stuff you that's the last time yeah. they usually wrap their arms around me and go it's okay mom and my little daughter I mean she's often said mom it's okay you're just human mm-hmm. and we go whoa, at that point <laughs> but uh, also the other thing that I talk about in the book is just regulating ourselves and when I'm feeling like I'm going to go boom, I mean and I've taught my kids this too, is just different breathing ways to regulate through breathing and I know I'm not saying anything about my driving but sometimes when I'm driving like people drive in ways that like get my (laughs) lid bubbling and I'll just clutch onto the steering wheel and my kids will be absorbing all this and go milkshake breathe mom, milkshake breathe and then they breathe in in," and then for you know breaths in and out but I describe that in the book But it's just and they pick it up. And guess what? They watch. They see mom is putting a word to it. Mm -hmm. She's putting something into place. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel frustrated. And when we feel frustrated, if at all possible, we can try and regulate ourselves by identifying that emotion and putting something into place to get ourselves, get those levels back down again. But I love Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Let's order in. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, I can't help but feel that you know, one of the lines in your book really stood out with me. This idea that we're living in a generation that's never been more overparented but less connected, yeah. and how how there's this temptation. And it's wonderful that there is so much stuff out there, but how sometimes all that, all these different ideas and different ways of doing things, can sometimes be quite overwhelming. And all the overwhelming thoughts lead to anxious feelings, which result in sometimes. Strange, unhelpful behaviors. But if I listen to this whole conversation, we kind of were to summarize it in some way. How just important being conscious, mm. uh, conscious of yourself and being open to growing and learning mm. on your journey. Every right? day. <laughs> Every day and being okay with that and forgiving of that. But being seeing yourself as your love and your connection as probably the greatest gift that you can give your mm. kids. And that doesn't always have to be textbook perfect. It's just about finding those, those moments. And sometimes it's mm-hmm. actually the imperfect moments where that really happens. That's right? what I was going to say.
1: I think yeah. we need to give up this idea of oh, perfect parenting and oh my word, I stuffed up. Because actually if I think of the deepest moments of connection with my kids, yes it's the times we're laughing and having fun. It's also mm-hmm. the times when we feel so safe in one another's presence mm-hmm. that we're all melting down. And that's okay. It's mm-hmm. often those messiest moments mm-hmm. that are most deeply connecting. And I get goosebumps just saying that again. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to say thank you for the book because,
2: you know, you're just looking through it. There's so much soothing. So it kind of feels like that life raft that's sitting on the shelf that should you need it, it's there. I mean, there's everything from asking the question, what is resilience, anxiety and depression, building resilience in your children, boundaries and gentle parenting, as well as parenting the anxious child. I know that anxiety, sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. it seems like every child to some degree is anxious about something. And obviously that differs in Intensity, and again, for a parent that has an anxious child, it's so hard to not get caught in the crosshairs yeah. of wanting to solutionize this thing if that's even uh-huh. a word i need solution, but rather to say, "Here's my hand, take it mm. we do this together they're going to be good days and bad days exactly. for me too for me too exactly that normalizing I think is also such yeah. a huge part of this journey is I never want to come across as pedestalized and um. looking like I know and have my no. thing sorted out because my God no. I, Not at all. Uh, Also, tips for divorced parents, uh, childhood depression, and highly sensitive children and resilience. So, I mean, you've really thrown a beautiful net over here, and Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of soothing is the word that comes up time and time again
0: for me. So, thank you. Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah,
0: I mean, thank you. The word I was going to say was lighthouse, but yeah, the the, the common theme here is you are a light in our community. So, thank you for being that light. Uh, And providing us with such a beautiful book. Uh, You can follow Naomi at Naomi Holt Psychologist. And her book, Bounce How to Raise Resilient Kids and Teens, is available in all bookstores that know how cool it is. (laughs) So go and get your copy, Naomi. Thank you for spending time with us. Oh,
1: man. Like I said at the beginning, you two are honestly, it's just a breath of fresh air. I just love being with both of you. So thank you for the honor of today. Uh, Lots of love. Lots of love. (laughs) Love back. You've been listening
0: to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.